Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of A Good Drop, where we do things in three takes because we want this to be perfect. <laughs> yes, that's right. You haven't heard the other two takes, but this is take number three of our Whiskey Liqueur episode. Yeah, we couldn't get enough of whiskey from the last, like, three episodes, so here we are again for something sweet today. I'm looking forward to trying it. So, I'm Stu. I'm Michael. Cheers. Cheers. today and i'm really looking forward to this because i haven't had it yet it's, yeah it's been on my list for a while yes now well whiskey liqueurs have been um one of one of my favorites from from way back and uh, they are it's a it's a highly diverse category of liqueurs that actually dates back to the mid 18th century and uh, what we're drinking today was uh, in fact the first whiskey liqueur ever made it's uh well, I, I would say it's the first whiskey liqueur patented yeah, the, the first official whiskey liqueur, because we'll, yeah. we'll get into the history of sort of how they came into existence. But the first official one to get a name was uh, Drambui, made in uh, 1746. And it's believed to have been the personal liqueur of Prince Charles Edward Stuart, also known as Bonnie Prince Charlie. Hmm. So uh, an interesting thing about uh, whiskey liqueurs is that a lot of people believe that they developed as an extension to whiskey, but it's actually more likely that they evolved naturally as a result of uh, the equipment that was being used by early whiskey-making distillers. Right. Because the early distillers, of course, couldn't produce high-quality spirits. They made low-strength spirits with high levels of impurities. And uh, it was very common for uh, extra ingredients to be added as uh, a means of um, making the whiskey more palatable. And <laughs> the most commonly added ingredient was honey, because it uh, its sweetness tempered the aggressive nature of the early whiskies. So, <laughs> so early whiskey was rough. Was yeah, some, <laughs> some crazy rough stuff. Yeah, and um, no wonder it was a little unpalatable, and they put stuff in it. Yeah, and they they kept working on it, and uh, of course, adding honey also had the benefit of um, that it was something that they could easily stir into a batch at any point. Mm. So as soon as they discovered, nope, no good, add more honey, nope, still no good, add more honey, and yeah. they were basically just trying to cover the bad flavours. Mm. But, you know, distillation became more sophisticated, the quality and character of whiskies they were able to produce improved, and then whiskey liqueur was able to become an art in its own right, where people were adding flavours to complement the underlying character of the base whiskey they were starting with instead of to cover it right yeah that makes sense because you know as things get better things get better yeah <laughs> as, and... as they improve their techniques they we started with more um professional quality things like drambui yeah and um, of course what that leads us to is that um much like with the makers of other liqueurs the makers of whiskey liqueurs now today keep their recipes as heavily guarded secrets <laughs> like because... chartreuse like chartreuse, because there are lots of different kinds of whiskey liqueur, and I have a list that I will go through a little later on. <laughs> but certainly, yeah, Drambui is a great example of the being really clear on one ingredient and being vague as all get out on the rest, because they clearly say that they use heather honey, 
but then they go on to say herbs and spices. Secret herbs and spices. Yeah. Like like chartreuse. Like chartreuse, yes. Because um, I think only only two monks in the whole world actually know the recipe for chartreuse. I would say it's a little less of a heavily kept secret, but still, you know, impossible to find the recipe for. Yeah. Now, there is, uh, there's an interesting little blurb on the back of the Jambui bottle. Mm. That, uh... Well, while you read that out, I'm going to taste this Jambui and talk about it. Yeah, so it says that in 1745, Bonnie Prince Charlie landed on the west coast of Scotland. Driven by fiery ambition, he was intent on... He was intent on reclaiming the throne of his ancestors, rallying money to his cause. Despite early victories, they were decisively defeated. Sorry, this is a really bad font and really (laughs) poor light to read. Indecisively defeated at the Battle of Culloden, and Charlie escaped to the Isle of Skye under the protection of the McKinnon clan. Uh, By way of thanks, he gifted them the only possession he had left, the recipe to his personal elixir. They called it Drambui, after the Gaelic Andrambudich, which means the drink that satisfies. And after 100 years, as a local secret... Production started on mainland Scotland, and as Drambui's fame spread, it was soon being poured in the finest bars around the world. And today the legend lives on, embodied in classic cocktails like the Rusty Nail and the Drambui Collins. And uh, the Rusty Nail, coincidentally, is my all-time favourite cocktail. I bet it's quite nice, because this Drambui is quite nice. Um, What was really interesting is that they sort of dodged a few details. Like, uh, Prince Charles didn't gift the inhabitants, the, he didn't gift the McKinnon clan the recipe. It was a trade for sanctuary. He, yeah, he traded for, for the recipe so he could live there safely. Yeah, I suppose that's not the sort of thing they want to put on the bottle. Oh, no. Of course they're going to um, yeah. cherry-pick the details and make it look as hilarious and... Or um, entertaining and history rich. Yeah, yes. and it is. It is a history rich sort of a beverage. In in so much as a prince came up with the recipe, carried it around with him, and went, better save myself, and gave yeah. it to somebody. Yeah. So it yeah it's it looks like more of a um, nice guy Prince Charles versus the uh, bargaining of a desperate man. Yeah. That said, though, it is not the drink of a desperate man. One one does not drink this out of desperation. It no. is. Well, I mean, if it's the last thing in your liquor cabinet, well, you yeah, might. You, you, you might. I mean, I might put <laughs> it off because I really like it. Like, it's mm. it's sweet, but it's not too sweet. They've balanced it really nicely with uh, the herbs, the spices, and that underlying blended scotch. Yeah, and it's got almost no bite to it at all. Like, um, we're, we're currently drinking a... Uh, we dram of it over ice, and yeah, it's still very, very sweet. Um, just easy, easy to drink. Really easy to drink. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's um, it's dangerous stuff. That's what it is. Yeah, and whiskey liqueur is one of those uh, fantastic liqueurs where how you drink it actually causes the flavor profile and mouthfeel to change. Yeah, if you drink it at room temperature or on ice or chilled makes a difference to how it tastes. And, of course, if you drink it in a rusty nail, it It'll tastes be different, different again. again. Awesome. Because it's um, 
Yeah, obviously it's made with oh sorry, an aged Scotch whiskey, not a blended Scotch whiskey. According <laughs> yeah, to the bottle, aged Scotch, it's blended with aged Scotch whiskey. Yeah, don't get that wrong. Heather honey, herbs, it, and spices. It could still be a blended whiskey. It could still be a blend. It's just an aged blend. Mm. But yeah, we that we don't know. They they won't tell us. It probably is a blend. It's a secret. But yes, yeah, probably probably a blend. But that doesn't matter. But yeah, it well it was probably a a blend of non-specific whiskies up until they decided that no, this iteration is the best it's going to get. Let's just make it like that from now on. Mm. As as we mentioned earlier, of course, the key with making a good whiskey liqueur is taking that base whiskey. And then adding ingredients that complement the flavours that naturally occur in the base whiskey mm. to add a little bit of a sweetness and improve upon what they had as a starting point. And uh, I think that's potentially a good segue into the list. The list. The list. Yeah, it's a great list. There's some super nice liqueurs on this list. Um, one of my favourites tastes like Mars bars. Mm. Yes, I mean but we've tune in, tune in to hear which one it is. To hear which one is the test like <laughs> was. Yes, you'll never believe which, which one. one it is. <laughs> so yeah, there's uh, Athol Bros, a uh, mix of Scotch whiskey, Bendramach single malt honey secret spice recipe, a uh, Brewerdar, which is Scotch whiskey honey and slow slowberries. Hmm, because yeah. you can buy slow gin. Which is made with slow berries instead of junipers, I believe. Yeah, and so this would be a Scotch whiskey that's had honey and slow berries added hmm. to it to change up the flavour. Yeah, and uh, Coco the North, which is a single malt <laughs> with blayberry. Blayberry? I haven't heard of that one. No, neither have I. And of course, Drambuie, I'm going to skip over that, because uh, we know what that is already. And uh, Eblena, which is an Irish whiskey with coffee, honey, almond, and peanut. Hmm. And uh, Famous Grouse Liqueur, which is uh, Scotch Bourbon Citrus and Spices. Uh, Fireball Cinnamon Whiskey, which is um, a Canadian whiskey with uh, cinnamon and spices, and I I do quite enjoy that one. Yeah, I haven't had it yet, but I think it lives up to its name of Fireball. (laughs) Yeah, it's um, actually very reminiscent of... uh, Well, it's very cinnamony. So it always reminds me of custard tarts because they oh, yeah. generally have cinnamon on top, but there's no custard flavour. There's just the cinnamon. It's did, very cinnamon. Yeah. Did you ever do the cinnamon challenge? I did not. <laughs> I did not. I value my lungs. Yeah. And I did not do the cinnamon challenge. <laughs> I was, yeah. I haven't either, but it just made me think of it. Yeah. Because it's a cinnamon whiskey. But um, very, very pleasant. I mean, as a lot of these don't sound like they should be liqueurs. Mm. But when you consider that, I suppose, that a liqueur is a base alcohol that's had extra things added to it. Usually sugar. Usually, yeah, sugar and sweet things. Mm. Then but it fits the bill. And we've got the uh, Forty Creek Premium Cream Liqueur, which is a Canadian whiskey with vanilla, chocolate, and caramel. Oh, yeah. The Glaver, which is uh, Scotch, Seville oranges, spices, herbs, and honey. And uh, Glenfiddich make a malt liqueur of uh, Scotch, citrus, pear, and brown sugar. Uh, Glentarrett also make a malt liqueur with Glentarrett single malt, honey, and spices. There's uh, Heaven Hill with Evan Williams cherry, honey, and apple orchid variations. Mm. Something called Irish Mist. That is an aged Irish whiskey, heather and clover honey, aromatic herbs, and other spirits. Mm. Well, if you recognise any of these and if you and you've tried them, send us an email 
and let us know what you thought. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll skip over a few and just jump to the ones that really surprised me that they... I mean, I should have if I'd thought about it more clearly, knowing that they were whiskey liqueurs, but it just didn't pop into my head. <laughs> like, uh, the Jack Daniels Tennessee Honey. Oh, yeah. Is technically a whiskey liqueur. The um, The Wild Turkey American Honey is apparently a liqueur as well, and that's super nice, but it mm. do, it's not sweet. Yeah, no, it's bourbon, honey, and spices, but that mm. bourbon is so... It, it's more like a bourbon with a, with a hint of honey. Yeah. Yeah, significantly more like that than it is. Hmm. Certainly um, nothing like Drambui. No. I suppose it'd be the other end of the scale. Like, completely the other end of the scale. If you've got Drambui at one end, which is... It's quite sweet. And you've got uh, wild turkey honey, American honey at the other end, which is not sweet at all. Yeah, it, it tastes a lot more like a bourbon than it does like mm. a liqueur. Yeah. And you'd, you'd almost think that if you took some wild turkey and added a teaspoon of honey to it, you'd have your own wild turkey American honey. You're Except thinking, man. there are spices, <laughs> and we don't know what those are. One that surprised me is a uh, is one called Orangery. It's a almost like a whiskey infusion, and it's technically not allowed to be called a liqueur because it doesn't have any sugar in it. It's, you know, what it's sounds like it's got oranges in it oranges mm. and spices and spices yeah it's by john glasser at compass box right hmm. i was actually surprised to see in this list southern comfort really yeah which um ah because it's neutral grain spirits with whiskey peach orange and spice flavorings so i guess because of the inclusion of whiskey someone has decided to include it in this list huh. so i don't like, I would not drink that and say that it had anything to do with whiskey at all. <laughs> Southern Comfort, that's like a thing on its own. Yeah. It's not It's not a whiskey. Neutral grain spirit with whiskey. With whiskey, yeah. I'm not sure about that one. No. I, I don't think that belongs in this list. No. But then where does it belong? Yeah. Because well, I always see it in the whiskey aisle. <laughs> yes, that's, that's true. It does always seem to be in the whiskey aisle. Mm. And that's a risky whiskey. Yeah, I wouldn't drink it. I don't think it tastes that good, but that's just me. Yeah, there's other things where if I'm going to drink a whiskey, I'm going to drink a whiskey. Uh, yeah, I'm the same. If I'm going to drink a whiskey, it's probably a scotch. Well, <laughs> mm, now that we know how good Irishes can be... Yeah. Right, obviously, we got a bit of a rude shock in our blind taste test when mm. the top shelf Irish whiskey was a bit of a letdown. Yeah, oh... I want to um, just add a bit of a follow-up to that episode as well. Um, I um, had a another taste of those three whiskeys again without ha- being three whiskeys in. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you could actually you could smell the bourbon in the bourbon. I think it was ah. just because we'd drunk so much whiskey beforehand. Like the, those two shots, or we were free-pouring, so let's be honest, it could be like two and a half shots to three shots of, of whiskey beforehand. Um, yeah, because we didn't have those. Um, yeah, you could smell the, the sweetness of the bourbon, that distinctive bourbon flavour or smell. Right. Yeah. But did you still think that they were the way we had decided during the testing? That's that's the important question. Yes, it was still the nicest. And um, I brought those three bottles back into my work and um, let everyone taste them because they helped pick them so i thought you know fair's fair so i brought them back in and um they agreed with us that the bourbon was the nicer of the three of the three yeah right 
Which is, it's good to know that we're not completely off. Yes. <laughs> Even though we were wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So we were wrong, but we were also very, very right. Yeah. Right in the fact that the bourbon is is still the nicest. Yes. Um, and wrong in the... I mean, the Irish still tasted a little bit nicer than the Jack Daniels, but not nearly double the price worth. It was only like a little nicer. Hmm? Jack Daniels, you mean Johnny Sorry, Walker. Johnny Walker. Yeah. Only a little bit nicer than the Johnny Walker. Yes. Now, I suppose we should take a moment to actually describe the Drambuie oh, to, yeah. our, to our listeners, because we've, we've forgotten. We've forgotten to do that. I mean, <laughs> yeah, obviously, we did. There's, there's a sweetness to the nose immediately upon smelling it, and mm. yes, there is a sweetness immediately upon tasting it. But, but it's but it's not overly sweet. Yeah, it's not excessively sweet. It's almost, it's mellowed out by the herbs, the spices, and that definite whiskey undertone. Mm. It's, yeah, it, I guess I was almost expecting a schnapps-style sweetness to it, and... It's not, it, it doesn't have that. Like, it's sweet, but it's more like soft drink is sweet as opposed to a teaspoon of honey is sweet. Yeah, like, I, I'm not a person who likes things to be overly sweet. Same. And while I'll admit, this is, I think, the first time I've had Jambui by itself, because I normally have it in rusty nail form. Right. Where you some of you lose some of the sweetness by adding more scotch to the mix. But, you know, when you get it right, it's really nice i mean i once spent and at the time i was you know i was in my early 20s this was a lot of money at the time i spent 40 dollars on a single rusty nail holy shit Mm. it was really good but i sat on that drink for far longer than i should have 40 dollars because i i I ordered it without knowing how much they were going to charge me for it right because i was um i'm not even sure the bar is there anymore but i was at a very swanky bar for some function or something mm. and ordered a rusty nail because it was my favorite drink at the time and remains my favorite cocktail yeah and they were, uh, they were probably using top shelf whiskey mm, and they poured it and then told me it was 40 dollars, and i thought this is my drink for the evening <laughs> <laughs> and wow. i really enjoyed it but i have never nursed a drink so much in my life as that rusty nail that's in, that's amazing just for the price mm. like even today what, 10 years later or so? Yeah, well, the, the bottle of Drambuie was only 55 Yeah, like $40 for a single cocktail is incredible. Yeah. Was it as nice as the price ticket? Oh, it, it was uh, amazing, but would I consider it amazing by today's standards? That's the mm. question. So I, I consider it amazing by my standards I had at the time. Yeah. I mean, they probably were using top shelf stuff, which... Uh, no, they, they might have used middle shelf stuff. Which at a swanky bar would have been at least Glenlivet or Glenfiddich yeah, or something like that. would have been pretty good stuff yeah. at, at any rate. And there is only one Drambuie, so they couldn't, they couldn't. skimp on that. Mm. So probably another $50, $55 bottle, whatever it was. Yeah. Mm. But well, um, something was very nice. Today, and... I'm going to have a rusty nail for the first time, and it's going to unfortunately be mixed with Johnny Walker Black. Yes, because that's that's the scotch we have on hand. <laughs> I have so much whiskey. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm admittedly because at the moment I have Japanese whiskey at home that uh, you'd have caught us drinking uh, in our drinking culture episode. Yeah, and while I've not tried a rusty nail made off something that isn't scotch, that, that would I, be ultra smooth. Mm, with with that particular, because the the Japanese Ooh. do really smooth whiskies, and Drambuie is really smooth. 
So mixed, I, I, I don't think I can go wrong. Like, it technically it won't be a rusty nail. It, it might be a brand new nail. So now we're going to take a brief moment so I can pour us some rusty nails. And when we return, I will tell you all about the, uh, well, the rusty nail and its nuances. Nuances. Hmm. Cue the music. And we are back with our fresh... Rusty, fresh rusty nails. Sounds so weird. <laughs> yeah, with our fresh rusty nails, <laughs> and uh, it's the rusty nail is an interesting cocktail because it's it's an intricate cocktail. It sounds simple because it's just scotch and jambuie, two ingredients. Right. But making a good rusty nail is where the complexity comes into it, because they say if you look up a recipe, they'll they'll tell you two parts scotch to one part jambuie. Right. But you should know the flavor of the scotch you're working with and be willing to adjust the ratio accordingly to get the appropriate balance. Okay, so we've, or Mikkel has poured it based on the fact that we are using Johnny Walker Black. And. Yes. <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, it's, it smells rough. <laughs> Sadly, usually one would also. With consideration for the whiskey that you've mixed with, you might garnish. And you would always garnish with a lemon zest. And the idea of garnishing with a lemon zest is to cut through the oiliness and uh, brighten the flavour. Mm. And I can uh, see why that'd, it'd do it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a very astringent flavour at the moment. Yeah, and so it, ideally I'd have also garnished this with a not insignificant amount of lemon zest. <laughs> but we don't have right. lemon zest. So Here this goes. is yeah, probably not going to be the best rusty nail I've ever made, but Stu is tasting it now. I mean, it tastes a whole lot better than it smells. Yeah. yeah. I, I, think... I think it's just that the roughness of the um, Johnny Walker... Yeah, the, the scent of the Johnny Walker makes it seem harsher than it is. I think potentially I got the balance spot on with, mm. the, with the ratio to even out that flavor. <laughs> one part drum beauty, one part Johnny. <laughs> yeah, yes, one, one to one with Johnny Black. Ooh, it's potent though, holy moly. Mm. You could get plastered on one of these. Oh yes, I, and I'm sure I've told this story before that I once had a party where all I drank was Rusty Nails for the whole night. <laughs> I had a bottle of scotch and a bottle of drambuie, and I was drinking rusty nails all night, and I ran out of both, because I was going one-to-one ratios, and ran out. I mean, this was, you know, like, a full night-long 12 or 16-hour party or something, like, from, you know, sunset Jeez. to sunrise sort of thing. I, I could not drink that much. That's, well, certainly not now. I might have been able to back in the day, hmm. but... Oh, this is going back a solid 11 or so years. Yeah. Eight or so years ago, I probably would have been able to down that, but I w- I've never been a huge drinker because um, I'm fairly skinny. I tend to metabolize all the alcohol very quickly, so I get drunk really easily, but I sober up fairly quickly, which is a bonus, but I suppose it also makes me a cheaper drunk. Yeah, and when you're drinking a 40% mixed with a 40%. Yeah. 
It's, it's going to kick you around a little bit. But, I, uh, yeah. Yeah, as, as we always say, because when, when we were younger, we made the mistakes of drinking things we liked, but not drinking them to appreciate them. We appreciated mm. them, sure, but we also drank too much of them. Yeah. Um, Whereas Sorry, now, dude, I, I can't drink that. It's, it's too much for me. It's too much, but the... At least take 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 a moment. Tell us, tell our good listeners about the flavors, the the taste mm. of a rusty nail versus drambuie on the rocks. Uh well, it's definitely not as sweet. The adding the whiskey tempers definitely tempers the flavors a bit and brings the um, whiskey flavors to the front. Um, <laughs> it smells pretty rough because it's Johnny, but I'll forgive you for that, Johnny. Yes, and our, our apologies to the good people at Johnny Walker. Yeah. We know some of yours are really nice. I have... Mm. I think at some point somebody gave me a glass of either green or gold, and it was very pleasant. Mm. But, yeah, this... this I I know that if I have this, I will not be a happy chappy afterwards. Um, yeah, 40... It, the... Because it, it, it's still quite smooth, but it's got that bite to it. That you, that's um, that's brought in by the ad- addition of whiskey, and I can definitely see how adding lemon zest or some lemon juice to it would mellow it out even further. And I could see why you could drink these all night. Yeah. Yes. I just I wish that we had, but it it didn't. I didn't think of it until mm. uh, we until we began preparing to record, and I remembered what we had to mix with. Yeah. And then I <laughs> wished that we had some lemons. Yeah, I totally could have picked some up on the way home, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. It, it's an experience having that's for sure. I can see I can see why you like them. Mm. Yes, when they're done right, mm. they're very nice. And so, if if you're a whiskey lover, I I would recommend at the very least picking up a bottle of Drambuie to occasionally mix yeah. with your whiskey, or to just have by itself for a nice little pre-dinner aperitif, mm. or even with your dessert. Yeah. This would go awesomely over ice cream or in a, a oh, it's a bit cinnamony for cinnamony and citrusy for a milkshake, isn't it? Hmm, possibly, but yeah, definitely over ice cream. Hmm, definitely with chocolate. Chocolate ice cream would go beautifully. Oh yes, because those strong flavors. Mm. I don't have any. I accidentally left some out, and it's unusable now. Oh dear. Yeah. That oh is well. A shame. Oh well. And... Um. That's pretty much the episode, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, so, on to the plugs? Yeah, well, I was just going to say that um, normally we drink things, like just finish the whole glass, because they're great to enjoy. Um, but this time I've chosen not to, because I'm not not a fan. And I just want to say that if you guys don't feel like finishing a drink, don't let other people pressure you into it yeah absolutely i mean drink drink because you enjoy that drink yeah and you know be sure that you take the time to actually enjoy that drink absolutely because yeah you might enjoy a couple of sips or a beer um but if you if suddenly you've got seven beers ahead of you and you don't really want them if you only wanted two or one or none then don't just give them to someone else Hey, Mickle, you want the rest of my rusty nail? Yeah, it's, it's not that <laughs> bad to... Oh, no, to it, it's not bad. 
I just I just don't really want I just don't really like it. Mm, fair enough. It's, it's not for me. Yeah, you, you need the zest, I think. You need mm. the lemon. It would probably make it much more drinkable for me. But that's me. That's my taste yeah, buds. Exactly. Yeah. So exactly. uh yeah, yeah, let's do the plugs. Yes, let's uh, do the plugs. Obviously, if you want to tell us about uh, your impressions of Drambui or Rusty Nails or anything else, or yeah. give us some ideas, you can email us. Send us a um, send us all your thoughts about whiskey liqueurs. We really want to hear about those because there's so many of them, and we don't have a, we don't have a lot of knowledge around them. Yeah, we, we didn't have the time to really get into all of them because it is such a diverse category of liqueur. Yeah, and that would probably get quite boring for an uh, hour and a half long episode. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll cut it short. Well, shortish. And yeah, so, so send us an email to a good drop at gmail.com with all those fun facts. Yeah, um, and uh, of course, if you want to keep listening to us do subscribe on podbean or your favorite podcasting service or apple podcasts or apple podcasts uh we are a good drop podcast on all the socials on uh facebook instagram youtube uh we have a website if you want to just listen to an episode here and there but we'd love you to subscribe um you can find the rss address on that too you can subscribe from there um yeah so of course our website is a gooddrop.com.au I think that's it and uh, yeah so be sure to tune in next time when we talk all about a uh, recent tour we did of uh, some local breweries oh yeah that was great um, my girlfriend got me got us a tour of the local distilleries for my birthday which was as of recording uh, a couple of days ago so yeah we hopped along on that and it was fantastic mm, and got- yeah we we were so impressed that we said we have to do an episode on this we've got to tell everybody about all these fantastic craft beers that we tried yeah we got to talk about the local craft beer scene which i didn't we didn't really have any exposure to up until this tour yeah like we'd, we'd drunk a lot of local well a lot of craft beers mm. and a few local craft beers but but, but nothing like this. Nothing like this. No, nothing like this. So, yeah, if if you're from Brisbane, if you're planning on going to Brisbane at any point, be sure to listen to this one, because if you're a beer lover, you'll probably want to go on the same tour that we did. Mm. It was great, but you'll hear all about it next week when we talk about it then. Yeah. So, so until then, I'm Michael. I'm Stu. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>